Welcome back to another episode of the Cold-Blooded Sports Podcast. Uh, today, we're just going to recap a lot of free agency and teams' needs post-free agency headed towards the draft. And we're going to get it started with the AFC North, kick it off with the Cincinnati Bengals, who hold the number one pick in the draft. And as we all know, their biggest need is quarterback, and we all know they're going to address that with the first pick. So I'm going to get into some of their other signings. Uh, I like what they did with their secondary, bringing in Trey Waynes, Von Bell, and Mackenzie Alexander. More athletic guys than uh, Dre Kirkpatrick and those guys that they did have. Um, bringing in DJ Reader is pretty good. Uh, he's going to stop the run as a big nose tackle. I like the addition of Josh Bynes, but he still doesn't fix their problem um, in transition with that. Um, I think another big need for them is linebacker. Their linebacking core is pretty weak. They don't have anybody that's excellent in coverage. Jermaine Pratt is a second-year player. He's solid in coverage. He's just their best athlete that they have, but he's still not a great coverage linebacker. And I think the biggest glaring need outside of quarterback is offensive line. They have to find a way to get another tackle in there. I think with the addition of Jonah Williams being uh, coming back from his uh, shoulder tear that he suffered in OTAs last year, it should help that offensive line creep back towards being average, which like I don't think they'll be able to turn this offensive line into being elite overnight. They just need to kind of become average. So maybe with that second pick in the second round, maybe a guy like Austin Jackson from USC Falls, maybe Josh Jones or somebody of that nature is there. Maybe they fall in love with another tackle that uh, maybe it's an Ezra Cleveland who ran the fastest 40 at the position. Maybe somebody of that nature. Maybe they bring in somebody like that just to kind of bring in uh, more depth to the room. And I think those are their big needs. Yeah. Um, like what you were saying, you know, getting that get, – getting Jordan Williams back is also going to be really important because not only do you want, you know, him back just in general, but you also want someone, to, you know, to help protect Joe Burrow as well. Um, also, I think it was really, really important how they got all, all these DBs, you know, Von Bell who can play box safety, play coverage. Um, Trey Waynes, who we know is, is a speedy guy, can play outside, um, as well as, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, who's also a good cornerback. Um, so, yeah, I think outside of quarterback, which is obviously, um, you know, outside of getting Joe Burrow, they do need a second O-lineman to help, you know, pair up with Jonah Williams. Um, but with that being said, let's move on to the Browns. Um, with the Browns, obviously, you know, their big signing was Austin Hooper, getting that tight end aside of Najoku, who can, you know, help get separation in those, you know, soft spots of zone coverages, um, bigger guy, contact, you know, or possession catches. Pretty important. Um, also getting Carl Joseph playing that box safety position coming um, uh, coming over from the Raiders. Pretty important. Um, I like how he, he's, you know, not scared to tackle, um, can play center field if he has to. And then also getting Jack Conklin to pair up, you know, with someone who I hope they get in the draft in Andrew Thomas, as you guys saw on my mock draft, um, getting Andrew or getting uh, Jack Conklin as well as another O lineman in the draft in the first round would be the best case scenario for the Browns, in my opinion, um, because <clears throat> the Browns they don't really have a good offensive line, you know, on on the exterior as in tackles. But getting Jack Conklin can you know help solve that problem for one side of it, but th they need a better left tackle for sure. And um, the last person that I think was a great pickup for the Browns is also Case Keenum, um, a great backup. We see in, in the league how important it is to have a good backup in case your, you know, your star lineman goes down or sorry, your, your star quarterback goes down. Um, having that guy behind Baker Mayfield makes you feel like, you know, a lot more better about, you know, what if he does go down? Um, and also, he just has a lot of experience, you know, with him being on the Vikings, the Redskins. He just knows his way around, you know. He's, he's been through several playbooks. He just knows what he's doing. Um, one big loss for them, though, for sure, is um, 
you know, Joe Schobert going to the Jaguars. Joe Schobert was, you know, their, their star linebacker on defense, great tackler, wasn't very good in the pass coverage game, but he made up for it with his tackles, um, you know, playing in the box, you know, um, covering up holes or gaps, I should say. Um, and yeah, I think other than that, the Browns didn't really get much, you know, outside of, you know, I, I guess you could say Christian Kirksey was also pretty important too, because he was also good at getting to the passer as well, or to the, um, yeah, the passer. But uh, yeah, other than that, Nick, what do you have to say? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the Browns moves was to kind of been, uh, to help out their new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Um, he runs a lot of 21 personnel coming over from Minnesota and also bringing in Case Keenum, who's a guy that he's worked with. So there's that trust. And uh, he can help Baker learn the system. So I think that's a big thing for them. And Austin Hooper, uh, he's kind of something different, opposite of Njoku, who's more of the the athlete of the pairing. Um, <clears throat> so with that, uh, definitely if they can get a tackle in the draft, pair those two up and they can maybe have a top 15 tackle duo, that'd be a huge upgrade from Sam Hubbard and Greg Robinson. So that that's going to definitely help out the Browns, help out Baker Mayfield, because this is a big season for the Browns and Baker Mayfield. Um, I think they need to address the linebacker position as well. Losing Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert, those are two big losses. Um, Schobert, kind of that versatile flex player, along with Kirksey as well. Those are two both versatile players that can do a lot. They can rush the passer, kind of cover a little bit. But I think they do need to bring in some linebackers. I'm not necessarily sold on Mac Mac Wilson from Alabama, their fifth-round pick, or um, Taki Taki a guy they drafted. I'm not necessarily sold on those guys. Maybe they in the second or third round, they have to take a swing on a guy like a Willie Gay Jr. who's a freak athlete and could help stop the the offenses in the uh, AFC North dealing with Lamar Jackson. Um, and I think they need to just get some depth on the interior defensive line. I mean, I like the Andrew Billing signing. Um, I just think they need to get bigger up front. Uh, last year they rolled in with um, Sheldon Richardson, and I just think they need somebody uh, bigger in there. Um, but with that, I can transition into the Ravens. Um, their first big move of free agency was franchise tagging Matthew Judon. They brought in, then they traded a fifth round pick for Calais Campbell. They brought back Jimmy Smith on a one-year deal, brought in Derek Wolf instead of Michael Brockers, which I'm a huge fan of. And they brought back the versatile linebacker safety, Anthony, Anthony Levine. Their only big loss was really Michael Pierce. They did lose two linebackers with peanut. And Wusor and Josh Bynes. Um, <clears throat> but I think still they're those are their biggest two needs are linebacker and edge. Um definitely I, I feel that linebacker is a position they should attack in the first round. Whether they can get a Patrick Queen or a Kenneth Murray type player, I think that'd be huge for them. And edge. Um, I, I believe that Matthew Judon is a, a potential tag and trade candidate. Um yeah. I just feel that it whoever misses out on Ngakwe. Maybe they come and they throw something at the Ravens to get a Judon, who's a solid edge rusher. Um, it's just the way the Ravens' way of defense isn't really allocated on you being a stud one-on-one edge rusher. It's more of scheming up pressure. So I feel that they, they feel they can replace Judon with somebody. And I think that they need to address the tight end or receiver position. I would prefer it to be tight end just because a lot of the Ravens' offense is dependent on heavy personnel, three tight end sets. And losing Hayden Hurst, who while he was he wasn't the best tight end, um, he brought something different to the team. His, he was a solid blocker, and he he could really uh, help out with uh, going down the field because Nick Boyle is more of a big blocker, and then Mark Andrews is uh, just a great receiver. So I think that those are t- 
three spots the Ravens need to address in this draft and still a little bit in free agency if they could maybe pick up somebody for cheap at one of these positions. I think that'd be a huge win for them. And now we can transition into the Steelers. Yeah. Um, so going with Pittsburgh, you know, their biggest, I think, acquisition would be um, Eric Ebron coming in from the Colts. Ebron is known to be more of a, like, you know, reception tight end, not a very physical guy, not, you know, a good run blocker or a pass blocker when need to be. Um, he's just known as, like, Austin Hooper was just to, you know, be over um, in soft spots of coverage, you know, help out, you know, for Big Ben to get some easy possessions. Um, also, aside from that, getting Derek Watt, um, TJ Watt's brother, I think that's pretty cool that, that the Steelers did that because they're able to, you know, reunite two brothers of the three on the same team. Um, pretty interesting. One also, you know, one big signing for me or, you know, re-signing or I guess franchise tag, you could say, is bringing back Bud Dupree. Um, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree were also, you know, getting into, you know, their rhythm um, once the season was getting close to ending. It was a pretty scary um, edge rushing duo. I liked how Bud Dupree is. You know, he, he can play pass covers when need to be. Not, not all the time, of course, but um, he's just, you know, he's able to get low and beat the tackles. Um, and also getting Stefan Wisniewski. Wisniewski has been on the Chiefs, the Eagles, and I believe one other team. I can't I can't remember who, what it is. Um, <clears throat> but he's very versatile on the interior O-line, um, you know, playing center or guard, what, you know, when need to be. Um, he's not he's he's been around the league enough to know what he's doing. Um, great in pass coverage sets, also great in run blocking sets, whether it be pulling or just going straight ahead. Um, but also moving on to you know them losing people, I think their biggest loss is Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave, um, undersized, but you know makes up for it with his weight. Um, great pass rusher and run stuffer. Great at using his hands and being physical. Um, I think the Steelers are gonna, you know, hate losing him. Uh, they they have Cam Hayward still, but he's getting very old. But Javon Hargrave was just hitting his prime, and I guess the Steelers didn't want to um, sign him for that much money. But um, <clears throat> I th- I feel like Javon Hargrave lose being off the team will be a huge gap to a huge need that, that they're gonna see, um, you know, be taking be taken adv- advantage of with you know teams in, in that division. But um, with that being said, I know Nick wanted to talk about the quarterback, the quarterback situation. So go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I think that um, before I hit quarterback, I want to talk about the interior offensive line because they had a big loss with Ramon Foster retiring and also losing uh, B.J. Kenny, um, Finney. Excuse me. He was he was um, <clears throat> he was a solid interior lineman, but I, I think they do need to address that maybe in the second round because um, they don't have a first this year. They traded it for Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe they can hit on a Damian Lewis, who I think would fit this scheme pretty well. Maybe uh, a Natani Muti, somebody of that nature, just to bring some physical uh, ability to this front. Um, and now with the quarterback position, I do think they do need to address this position. Um, I'm not sold on Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges being the quarterback the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's a, a big need. So maybe later in the draft, maybe if they could get a Jacob Eason, a Cole McDonald from Hawaii, a Steven Montez from Colorado, somebody of that nature later in the draft as a a potential uh, <clears throat> developmental quarterback would be huge for them. And I also think they do need to address the safety position opposite of Minka Fitzpatrick. Because I think Terrell Edmonds, he might be more of a linebacker. Um in that scheme, I think that they could greatly benefit from having somebody that could play um, the deep end of the defense with Minka Fitzpatrick rather than Terrell Edmonds, who's more of a, a physical linebacker. He's kind of like he's similar to Carl Joseph. He's just basically a box safety. 
So I think that'd be a great role for him as well, playing next to Devin Bush on like obvious passing situations. I think that could unlock their defense. And with that, I'll transition to the AFC East, and we could talk about the Buffalo Bills, who made one of the flashier trades of the offseason, bringing in Stephon Diggs, giving up a lot of draft capital to get him. But I feel like that it's, it's a good investment because you get that true number one receiver, and you can see what you have in Josh Allen, giving him one of the better receiving cores in the league with, with Smokey Brown out there running streaks, and you got Cole Beasley in the slot, a young developing tight end in Dawson Knox, and you have a Devin uh, Singletary in the backfield who can catch out, uh, catch the ball off the backfield. Um, and then you see McDermott, their head coach, go get a lot of guys from Carolina. He's bringing in Josh Norman, Mario Addison, A.J. Klein, Vernon Butler, all on the defensive side. And then he brings in a, uh, a tackle from the Panthers, Daryl Williams. Also brings in a big run stuffer, hybrid defensive tackle, D.N. and uh, Quentin Jefferson. He'll probably play the Shaq Lawson role. I do think that their biggest need, though, is edge rusher. Um Lorenzo Alexander retired. Shaq Lawson is gone. Um, I know he wasn't a great pass rusher, but he was an elite run defender. I think they'll miss that opposite of Larry Hughes. So I feel like they do need to address the edge position. Um, Another loss they had was on the interior defensive line, which is Jordan Phillips. But I think they got that covered with uh, Vernon Butler. And I think they could maybe use another tight end or a big bodied receiver. Um, Something different than they already have because their receiving core isn't the biggest. So maybe if somebody was falling, maybe later in the draft, um, I got a bigger body receiver that I like is Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State. Maybe somebody like that in the later rounds of the draft they could take a swing on. I think that'd be good for them. But all in all, I think they need to address the edge, bring in some depth on the interior offensive line because I don't necessarily know what their plan is for Cody Ford if they want to keep him at tackle or put him at guard um, and maybe look to bring in another tight end or a big body receiver. Yeah, with that being said, um, let's move on to the Dolphins now. I think the Dolphins took a lot of, you know, um, they took advantage of, of, of all the cap they had, and they signed a lot of, um, you know, players to big deals. Um, the, the one that we all know is going to be Byron Jones. I think it's a five-year deal, I believe, for, I think, $100 million. Um, Byron Jones, elite cornerback, doesn't get a lot of picks, but that doesn't mean he's, he's, he's not a good corner. Um, very versatile, very fast, athletic, agile, you name it. Um, I think he's the new uh, CB1 in Miami, and I think it's also a great matchup next to Xavier Howard. Moving on, they have Kyle Van Noy, a great 3-4 linebacker. Um, we know what, what he's done in New England already. Um, he's just heading down to South Beach now, along with his other linebacker teammate in New England, Elandon Roberts, who um, is also good at playing that 3-4 linebacker position and also you know playing fullback on occasion, as we've seen before. Um, one thing that I, I, I don't <coughs> like that they did was they got Eric Flowers, um, as we know, you don't, you don't build a great O-line through free agency unless you find, you know, like that one lucky gem, but Eric Flowers will not solve that problem for them on the interior O-line. I think it's just going to be, a, you know, something temporary, but with those three picks that the Dolphins have in the first round, they should go lineman two out of the three, if you ask me being smart. Um, but yeah, also aside from them picking uh, up those three, they also got Jordan Howard, their new three down running back. I think he's a great fit for this scheme. Um, very physical. He's fast, breaks tackles. Um, I think that he's going to, you know, be the new Kenyon Drake around there. Um, great pickup. I like his game. But um, moving on, I mean, I'll, sorry about that. Actually, um, with, you know, their needs, they need a quarterback, obviously. And as you guys might have heard in our mock draft, I don't think that they should take a quarterback this year. Um, 
only saying that because they don't have an O-line to help protect them. And if they don't have an O-line, they're not going to thrive <clears> at all. They'll still be terrible. I know Nick might, might want to, you know, talk about that later, but, um, but yeah, I think, as I said earlier, they should go lineman out of, the, you know, two, two out of the first three picks they have, and then maybe even look at getting a safety, um, Grant Delpit, if he falls possibly. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see them taking Tua here in this, in this draft. I think they have more needs that, you know, are over quarterback. Of course you, you need, you know, someone like that to be good, but you need to also build up your team to help make him be good in the future. And that's why they shouldn't get a quarterback. But um, moving on to you, Nick, would you agree? Yeah, and I, I think the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins and the Lions had kind of similar um, plans this offseason, just get all the Belichickian-type players they could, um, bringing in Shaq Lawson to kind of be the um, – what's the what's his name? I always forget his name on the – Trey Flowers, to be the Trey Flowers of that defense, that, that run defender. <clears throat> they also tried to swing at Emmanuel Ogba to be a similar role to that as well. Um, I, I like the Ted Carr signing the center from the Patriots. Um, he's a huge upgrade at that center spot. And like you, like Rob alluded on, Eric Flowers <clears throat> for $30 million. Eh, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But I do think that <clears throat> I think the, the, the um, Dolphins will take a quarterback. I'm not a fan of it. I agree with Rob. I think they should wait. Because they still have a lot of capital next year to say if they do, if they are somewhat competitive, say they win like five games and they do have like the third pick in the draft, they could throw a haul at whoever has that number one or number two pick because there is two quarterbacks next year. But I don't want to get started on that uh, subject. Um, Other than that, they didn't really lose much. They spent a lot of money. They had a lot of money. Um, I I think that's enough Dolphins talk. I'll get right into the Jets. Um, So the Jets. They had a pretty eventful, uneventful offseason. Um, I don't really like any of their signings outside of uh, Brashad Perriman. Um, I'm not a big fan of the George Fant signing. Uh, I don't I don't think he can play left tackle at a high level for you to get value out of that contract. Connor McGovern's and he's an average interior offensive lineman. Uh, and then they got Greg Van Rotten from Roten from the Panthers. I, I don't. He hasn't been that good in a while. Um, Jordan Jenkins, I do like bringing him back. They do need edge. They don't have any edge rushers. Um, and they did bring in Patrick and Wusor from the Ravens to play next to C.J. Mosley again, which I think is a great signing because they do play that 3-4 defense. Maybe they kind of bring something from Baltimore, play a similar style. Um, but they did lose Robbie Anderson, but they brought in Rashad, Rashad Perriman to replace that. Um, I think Robbie Anderson is definitely the better player, but at what the money was – um, I, I think that's it's a it's not as a big of a move as it, it on paper as it looks like. The the Jets are in a pretty tough spot because they need an offensive lineman bad and they need a receiver bad, but they don't have a lot of draft capital. And with that eleventh pick, right. they're sitting in a position where they could go tackle or receiver. So it's like, do I get the receiver to help Sam Darnold or to get the get the protection to help him? So they're in a kind of a messy spot from trading up to get darn what they should have did, um, what they're going to regret not doing in those drafts after that, not trading down and getting that capital back from moving up. I think that really hurt them. And that's why they're in this position they are right now. So they, they, they need to draft a tackle. They need edge and they need wide receiver. And that's the needs of most of the league. So the jets are just in a, in a harsh situation. Uh, I have sorrow for Sam Darnold. The jets just aren't setting him up for success. Yeah, um, you know, 
as you guys heard possibly in our recent mock draft, there's going to be a run for tackles. And I believe, you know, three out of the main four tackles will be gone by the time the Jets get there. Um, the question is, though, do you want to take that last chance on that tackle or do you want to go for receiver and do you want to get, you know, someone like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy? So they are in a tough spot. You know, it's whether do you want to protect Sam Darnold or give him more weapons to be successful. But remember, you can't be successful if you don't have an O-line to help him become successful. Um, so, yeah, great points, Nick. Moving on to the Patriots now. Um, they did bring back Devin McCourty. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, great signings that the Patriots did. It was all mainly negative things. Um, but let's just talk about, you know, the brief ones they got. Uh, they, they brought back McCourty. Um, you know, we know him as, you know, the Patriots safety, great player. Um, and then getting Bo Allen. Bo Allen has been, you know, around the league for a few years, um, played in Philly. He, he's from Wisconsin, um, played in Tampa Bay. He's a great, I would say, nose tackle or possibly three technique. Um, he's just kind of there to, you know, to be a body and be physical. Um, but with that being said, let's go to the lost stuff. You know, obviously they lost Tom Brady. Um, no one can replace Tom Brady. I don't care who you are. Um, him and Belichick had that, you know, connection for at least, you know, 10 years. And it's just honestly crazy to see that he's gone. Um, losing all three of your linebackers, as in Elandon Roberts, Kyle Van Noy, and Jamie Collins is very severe um, because that's their entire linebacking corpse. Losing Danny Shelton on the interior as well. Um, I think that he or that Bo Allen was his replacement, but Danny Shelton also has, I think, like 50 pounds on him. And that's a big guy as your, you know, your zero technique, your nose tackle. And then also losing, you know, Nate Ebner, great special teamer, um, Ted Karras, the center, as Nick said earlier with the Dolphins, um, and Philip Dorsett. Dorsett could take the top off the defense, um, very speedy. So it is going to be interesting to see where they go. Um, in our mock, we have them taking AJ Epinesa. We both do. Um, but they have glaring needs, obviously, at quarterback and receiver as well as linebacker. So I don't know if they, you know, take a quarterback, if they take receiver. There the, there won't be any good receivers that, that, I mean, might be worth taking in the late teens. But, um, but yeah, we'll just see where they go, Nick. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Patriots, they're in a position to where in the draft, it might be best for them to trade down. They don't have a second this year. Um and I feel that they can address this linebacker edge position because there's a few um, in this draft. There's a few versatile guys that can kind of play that three, four weird outside linebacker that the Patriots covet. A guy like Zach Bond from Wisconsin or even a guy like Carter Coughlin from Minnesota who are undersized edge rushers, but kind of oversized off ball linebackers. So I think um, the Patriots have a lot of like day three picks. Um, so I think they need to use those to either move up and get more picks or just trade back for the future. Um, at quarterback, it sounds like they're set at rolling into the season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer as their quarterbacks. So I don't know what that means. Receiver, I mean, if you're still rolling with Jared Stidham, I don't think they should necessarily try to reach for a receiver because my only thought process for them to, was to reach for a receiver was that Tom Brady was going to be there and Tom Brady doesn't have time for Nikhil Harry to develop. But with a young quarterback, maybe Nikhil Harry can – they can unlock something different in Nikhil Harry because he missed half the season. Um, so the Patriots are in an interesting situation. I think what's best for them to would just be try to find some depth um, at, at every position. But Bill Belichick is one of the smartest GMs in the league. I know he's not officially the GM, but he's the GM. I, and I think he'll figure it out without Tom Brady, hopefully. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Patriots do. And with that, we can transition into the AFC South. 
And we can kick it off with the Colts. The Colts made one of the biggest trades of the offseason as well, uh, picking up DeForest Buckner, who's just going to be a, a dominant force for them. Him and D'Amico Autry in there and in, in the interior of that defensive line is is they're probably one of the best pass rushing interiors, uh, interior defensive lineman combo in the league. Um, it was huge for them to get back Costanzo and obviously bring in Phillip Rivers to be that bridge quarterback so they can keep looking for the next guy. Um, I like Xavier Rhodes for this scheme because this is a very zone heavy press scheme. So they covet those bigger body corners. So I think Rhodes won't be exposed like he was in Minnesota. Um, and I, I, their biggest needs are definitely quarterback. They have to find a long-term solution or they have to trade up in the draft. Like in my mock draft, I had them trade back up from 34 um, with the Vikings to get Jordan Love. Um, I think they do need a big receiver. Uh, maybe they can sw- get a, a T. Higgins at 34 if they don't trade out of there, or maybe a Denzel Mims, one of those guys, because, you know, Phillip Rivers likes those big-bodied receivers, kind of give them a Mike uh, Williams-type player. And they still need to address the corner situation. Um, I like what they did with Rocky Sin. He's a pretty solid guy, developing corner. But outside of that, um, Quincy Wilson, I think you just still need to keep throwing darts at that position until you find somebody elite. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, you know, we can see maybe if, you know, the Colts take, you know, a, a, you know, maybe, you know, a shot at a quarterback in the second round, possibly. Um, but we'll just find out. Moving on to the Texans, um, they have one of the worst deals I've ever seen in my entire life of me living. Uh, trading away DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver arguably in the league, for David Johnson, and I believe a third-round pick or something like that. Um, either way, unacceptable. I don't care who it is. David Johnson is not, you know. Bill O'Brien, he has been questionable with trades, you know, for you know Tunsil and uh, Kenny Stills. But, I mean, trading away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and, and you know, a pick is honestly embarrassing. Um they they did bring back Bradley Roby though um Darren Fells who also we we saw as you know Deshaun Watson's kind of favorite target um bringing in Randall Cobb as you know a panic signing for losing uh, uh, Hopkins that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me um Randall Cobb is a slot receiver and he's getting very old and I I think Stills is their you know slot receiver still or Will Fuller but um we'll see how he fits there um picking up Eric Murray though from the Chiefs is also pretty good as well I'll give them that um you know great safety can play, you know, center field if he has to, not scared of making tackles. But, um, but yeah, so far, honestly, I think their biggest need will be cor- or cornerback as well. Um, so I could see them maybe picking, you know, someone like uh, A.J. Terrell, possibly if he's still there, or going receiver if they really, you know, feel like, like they, they have someone that they want that falls that far. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see about that. But with the Jaguars, I'll let Nick um, touch on them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, also going back to the Texans real quick. I'm sorry. Um, de- yeah, definitely corner is a huge need because I mean, Lonnie Johnson. We saw their second round pick from last year. He's just he's not going to cut it at the next level. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there. But on to the Jags. Um, this is a team that is. It looks like they're tanking for Trevor. I think they're one of the prime teams to tank for Trevor. They they get rid of the Nick Foles contract, which is a huge W. Huge W. I didn't think any team would actually take that contract. Um, they still have to trade Yannick Ngakwe. I don't know what's taking them so long. They're not going anywhere. You might as well get value for him. One second, um, real quick. I believe that they're holding out Yannick because they're trying to see how much. Uh, well, y- Yannick wants to see how much Clowney gets paid. That way, he'll base his contract off of, of Clowney. That's just my theory. But um, go ahead and back to you. 
Yeah, so maybe, yeah, Yannick might be waiting. Uh, maybe they're stalling. Um, and then the Joe Schobert signing doesn't really make sense to me. You're not going anywhere. So what's the point in investing $53 million or something like that into a linebacker? Um, and then uh, the Tyler Eifert signing is kind of meh. But I think the Jags are just in a complete rebuild. Um, this is all because they went in with Blake Bortles. They re-signed Blake Bortles, and it just crumbled the team. Then they also made the mistake of signing Nick Foles. So I think the Jags are just a team that they need everything. They could use another tackle. Cam Robinson hasn't been that good. They need interior offensive linemen, interior defensive linemen. They could probably use, they definitely need corner help after trading Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye. Their safeties are average. This is a team that's just they're looking like the Dolphins were last year when they just started getting rid of everything. So if they play it smart, maybe they end up with Trevor Lawrence. I think that's their end goal. Um, but they they're a team that needs everything. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to the Titans now, let's talk about, you know, re-signing Tannehill to that huge deal. Um, I don't think it was the right call to give him that much money as, you know, Tannehill is. Um, he did go on a good run with the Titans, but, you know, was that a one-year fluke? You know, so many questions. You know, they let go of Mariota. That's a pretty big loss in case Tannehill does go down. Who's your backup now? Um, they did franchise tag Derrick Henry, which is, I think, the right thing to do. Um, as we know, you don't want to throw money at running backs unless they're, you know, just you know, absolutely game-changing. And we could say Henry is. Henry is what what keeps that offense running, but we want to see how much he wants to get paid. And, you know, they have a, uh, an extra year of contract negotiations with him. And um, one last pickup for them was Vic Beasley. Um, good edge rusher, tall guy, good 3-4 end. Um, so we'll see how that works out for them. But um, they also lost Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick which is kind of questionable. Um, I don't think that you could have only gotten a seventh for Jarrell Casey. Um, great guy, uh, bigger guy, can fill up a lot of the holes, um, three, four, end. So, I mean, we'll, we'll just see how that goes. Um, personally, I think that they should go edge. You know, aside from Vic Beasley, they should go actual edge rusher. Um, Yatur Gross Matos could be an option for them. Who knows? We'll find out. Maybe um, that guy from LSU falls down, but I doubt he goes to the Titans level. So we'll just see how that plans out. Um, and then, yeah, mo moving on to the AFC West, the first team that I want to talk about is the Broncos making a move for AJ Boye, as Nick said earlier with the Jaguars. Um, I believe it was a fifth round pick, which is amazing because AJ Boye is still, you know, a number one corner. He's not premier, but he's still a very good corner. Um, he was a Ramsey sidekick, um, you know, run running partner, you could say. Um, Melvin Gordon's also there now on a, on a smaller deal. Um, I do like that signing. Melvin Gordon is going to thrive next to Philip Lindsay and that entire offense in general. Um, I think that, you know, with Drew Locke developing and having that running back that can take pressure off of him and also run the ball is very important for them um, because not only do you have, you know, a young guy, but that whole offense is pretty young, honestly. And um, also getting Graham Glasgow, I believe, from the uh, Saints. Great lineman, good tackle. Um, hopefully he does work out in, in Denver. Um, they, they, they do have Garrett Bowles, I, I think. Um, Garrett Bowles living in Denver, I know that he's not a fan favorite around here, so hopefully that can, you know, that can, you know, be worked on. And also bringing back Shelby Harris. I heard that he was probably like one of the best run defenders in the entire um, league as, a, you know, a, a nose tackle. So great re-signing for them to keep him in the house. And, uh, yeah, needing a receiver is one of their biggest needs possibly, or most actually it is. Um, Cortland Sutton, 
big guy. He's physical. I believe they should go after someone who can take the top off the defense, as in Henry Ruggs. Um, I just feel like that would be the best pick for them to take at, um, I believe it's 14 or 15 they have. I think it's 15. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they did lose Chris Harris Jr. to the Chargers, so maybe they do go cornerback if the big three is gone. Um, you just never know. Linebacker, they have Josie Jewell. Um, other than that, there's not a lot of, you know, big guys on that linebacking court um, besides Von Miller running the outside as an edge rusher. But um, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, and with the Graham Glasgow signing, he'll plug in nice there at guard. They still have um, – they signed Jawan James from Miami last season, so hopefully he can get on the field because he didn't really play a lot last year. Um, but, yeah, I think at, when we say receiver, uh, I believe that they need, like, speed at receiver because, like, they have solid receivers. I mean, like, uh, Hamilton's okay. Cortland Sutton's a true number one. But I think Henry Ruggs would be the perfect fit here um, to unlock Drew Locke. That's my favorite pun when I'm talking about the Broncos. Um, cornerback is a big need, too. I mean, A.J. Boye is a low-end number one at this point in his career. You can slide Bryce Callahan into the slot, but then I don't know if you're belie- uh, believing in uh, – anybody else on that roster to step up. And with the linebacker core, I mean, uh, they did find a nice little gem in um, Alexander Johnson, who came on as uh, one of the better run defenders in the NFL last year. Um, but I, I still think that they could add somebody with a higher upside later in the draft. Um, and with that, we could transition to the Chargers. Um, one of the more interesting teams this offseason, uh, they were involved in the Tom Brady discussion, but they uh, missed out on him. So their obvious needs are going to be quarterback. They still need a left tackle, and they need to beef up this interior of the defensive line. Um, They did bring in Chris Harris, which I like, just trying to have this most versatile secondary. Um, It's just you you got a lot of slot guys, a lot of guys that can cover outside. It's just they can literally just match up with who they're playing. Um, I love the Brian Balaga signing. If he can stay healthy, he's one of the better right tackles in the league. Um, Linval Joseph was a great uh, addition because this interior defensive line was horrible. Jerry Tillery, their first round pick last year has not panned out so far. He's not looking good. And I, I do like the Nick Vigil signing for depth. Um, but still this for the Chargers offseason is going to be make or break what they do with the number six pick in the draft. Um, they're in a position where they could trade up for Tua. Maybe take Justin Herbert at six. Maybe take the best player on the board at six. Maybe take a tackle at six. We don't know. Maybe they want to trade up in the late, say, a Justin Herbert falls, a Jordan Love falls. Maybe they feel comfortable getting um, a Tristan Wirfs at six and then coming up at 23 and getting a Jordan Love. Maybe that's what they do. Um, But I think they do need to come out of this offseason with a quarterback. They need to find a solution at that tackle position opposite of Bulaga, and they need to address the interior defensive line. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with, with that being said, let's go on to the Raiders now. Um, they did get a lot of, uh, two good linebackers, Nick Kwiatkowski from, from the Bears, a faster guy, good pass coverage, and then also Corey Littleton, who's also the same thing, I feel like, very fast. Came into his prime last year. Um, good coverage linebacker, good tackler coming from the Rams. And then also, shockingly, they bring in Marcus Mariota, who is a quarterback, as we all know, um, to a, a, a pretty big deal. Um, but does this mean that there can be, you know, some some kind of competition going on with, the, you know, the Raiders quarterback room? And then also bringing in Eli Apple wasn't a bad signing either coming in from the Saints. Um, he's a good, you know, two or three corner. He's, he's not, a, you know, number one by any means, even though he was a first round pick. 
Um, speaking of, of first-round picks who aren't good, Nelson Aguilar, um, no offense, but Aguilar, one of the worst receivers I've ever seen play in Eagles history, um, and that's biased, but, I mean, it's honest. Nelson Aguilar, I think he signed to a one-year, $1 million deal. Um, I believe there's, like, hardly any guarantees in it as well. So not a bad, you know, low-risk, high-reward deal. Um, but, I mean, then again, they, they need receiver, but I think that they'll still take it in the first round. Um, moving on, they also got Jason Witten. Um, Witten, I don't, I don't know why they even signed him. Honestly, Jason Witten, <laughs> he's he's good at catching the ball on stick routes and then falling down. <laughs> I mean, there's not much more to put with him. Carl Nassib, good edge rusher from the Browns, um, kind of underrated, honestly. Um, good at you know u- using his hands, you know, to help deflect passes, um, getting around tackles with you know finesse moves, and then also bringing in Jeff Heath from the Cowboys as well to help fill out that that um, safety position outside of, you know, losing Carl Joseph. So, I mean, it, it will be, inter- you know, kind of intriguing to see where they go now with all of these pickups. They they surely don't go uh, linebacker anymore, but um, we'll see where they go. And you can go ahead, Nick. Yeah, and I think at, uh, at number 12, um, I think they're in a prime position to walk away with a receiver right there. Um, I think for them it's just a question of who's on the board. Maybe it's Lamb or Judy. Um, I think personally, uh, I think C.D. Lamb would fit better with the Raiders. Um, because they desperately need somebody to get Derek Carr out of this check down, throwing not a lot of not being aggressive. I think that needs to change. Um, and then they could potentially dress address corner at 19. Maybe a CJ Henderson falls. Maybe they, they fall in love with Trayvon Diggs. Maybe Christian Fulton is still there. So they, they have potential to address those uh, key positions. And I, I do with this quarterback room, maybe they take a quarterback. Um, maybe they're not sold on Derek Carr. They brought in Mariota to push Derek Carr. Maybe Mariota gets a chance to be their quarterback of the Raiders. Maybe he Ryan Tannehill's him went himself into a new contract with them. Um, so the Raiders are definitely a very interesting team. I love what they did with the linebacker core because that last year they had one of the worst linebacking cores in the league with Tahir Whitehead on it. Um, so getting that speed at the linebacker position, bringing in Eli Apple, who's a solid corner, but I don't necessarily know if he fits that scheme very well. The Jason Witten signing was horrible, but I do agree that. If they walk out of the first round with a receiver in a corner, it'd be a pretty successful day one of the draft. And now we can transition to the Super Bowl winning uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they kind of got some holes to fill. Um, they need to they need to address the cornerback situation on defense. They 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 have some solid guys. Um, I, I believe that their safeties are uh, they have one of the better safety duels in the Tyler league with Matthew, Juan, Thornhill Juan Thornhill and Honey Badger. Um, they do need to address the interior of the offensive line as well. Um, losing um, Wisniewski, who he's not an elite player, but he's just good. Like he's an immediate upgrade over what you have. Like if you have him, he'll find a way to start. Like he's not very good, but whatever team he's on, he always ends up starting for your team. And I think they need a pass coverage linebacker. Um, they do have one that they got in the draft. Um, I can't think of his name at the moment. I think it's it starts with an N, but he's he's pretty good in coverage. Um, but they, they still need to address this position. They need to address corner. Maybe they get an A.J. Terrell at the bottom end of the first round. Maybe a linebacker falls. Maybe a Kenneth Murray is there. Maybe a Patrick Queen is there. Maybe they take a chance on Willie Gay. Like, I mean, this is a team that's also taking chances on characters with Tyreek Hill, guys like that, Kareem Hunt. So we've seen the Chiefs be aggressive in getting these athletic players. So maybe they take a chance on a guy like Willie Gay, who has a high, high ceiling. Um, but I do like bringing back Demarcus Robinson, getting Mike Rimmers as well as depth 
for the offensive tackle room. I think that's great for them. And I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the podcast, and we're out.